This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, community radio in the Elm City. Thank you for joining us on our time-traveling uh, machine. Uh, and I'm here in the uh, machine, our, our uh, contraption, with um, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel of the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So, Jason, you... Um, have brought in a publication on this October 10th that I never knew existed, but you're going to tell me all about it because the year is 1955. And, um, this sure looks like stuff about, um, the chamber of commerce and about the biggest news in New Haven in the mid 1950s, which was the redevelopment of everything in sight. Yes. So yes. tell us what the publication is. So the publication is the New Haven Chamber of Commerce Bulletin. That's very it's very exciting. Yes. Yes, it's the bulletin. So they were giving um the news. The news of New Haven's business climate and uh, often it was very hopeful news and uh kind of trying to make it a little cheery and uh to some degree forward thinking um an interesting point is they would all often show the members the newest members to the chamber of commerce which i'm sure whatever newsletter type thing goes out today uh would still do the same thing and they'd also have um posts for uh employment so you actually kind of had a job board within them as well. Well, that'll get people to read. Yeah. But so one of the things I was curious about, and we've looked at a lot of publications and talked a lot about business development in the city, and one of your recurrent themes is um, the, the city's entrepreneurial spirit. How old is the Chamber of Commerce and is the kind of modern Chamber of Commerce that we're familiar with and that is in this material from 1955? Are those the people who produced the city directories back at the, in the late 1880s or 90s or 70s when that began? Or is it, so I don't, I don't know when the concept of Chamber of Commerce or Business Association evolved. That's a very good question. Uh, the original, so the, the, the city directories began to be published, I want to say in the 1840s. Maybe even back to the 1830s. Uh, by the city itself or by? Yes, more by the city itself. Right. I, it may very well have been absorbed by the, the Chamber of Commerce as time went on. Right. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce, I want to say, was a sort of late 19th century uh, uh, formation. Sounds right. Sounds uh, right. Thereabouts. Post-Civil and, and War. Yes, and, and, and it tends to operate the current... Uh, modern Chamber of Commerce operates under the same sort of idea of what we're looking at here on the bulletin. Okay, so on the, in, in this bulletin, Jason, the, uh, the the section you brought in from October 10, 1955, has two pieces of news. I would say one is of huge pitch and moment, to quote Shakespeare. The other is, uh, you got me. <laughs> so t- tell us what these two are. <laughs> so on October 10th, 1955, deep in the harbor. A hearing will be held on November 21st at 3 p.m. in the Hall of Records by the Army Engineers to obtain information on the need for navigational improvements or modifications of the harbor. The Chambers Harbor Development Committee, headed by Arthur H. Gosselin, will show reason why the main channel should be deepened to 40 feet. Right. Wow. Uh, now they're talking about the harbor, uh, but and I guess also the um, 
the the channels up the two rivers to the Mill River and the Quinnipiac River, I would imagine also, or maybe not. Um, I think in this case they were just discussing the, the harbor because those came under those while they were deepened uh, at different time points. I believe they also fell under uh, different initiatives. Okay. Uh, so so different the different rivers have been yes. Uh, basically dredged and and made deeper um as we've mentioned many times on this program new haven is a shallow uh water table and also a very shallow harbor and its rivers and streams etc were often quite shallow for instance i read just the other day how the mill river generally uh has and had a depth of four and a half feet that's not very deep well, according to Dr. Wikipedia, the Army Corps of Engineers um, was working in New Haven as early as 1852. Mm-hmm. And um, what have they on their, now this I think is a recent update, but still on their list is um, to uh, make sure of a 200 foot wide channel in the lower reaches of the Quinnipiac River. 18 feet deep in the 3,700-foot stretch between the Tomlinson and Ferry Street bridges. Yes. And 16 feet deep in the 3,000-foot stretch um, between Tomlinson and Grand Avenue Bridge. Mm-hmm. So that's really what 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 is desirable. But, uh, but in the harbor itself, they wanted to take it, to, at least at this point in 1955, they were discussing taking it to, to the depth of 40 feet. And this is and obviously important for bringing up yeah. business. Well, it's, it's New Haven's, it's been said that it's um, the major reason why New Haven never grew to be a... Uh, a metropolis like a Boston or a New York. And of course, there's many other factors to that. Uh, But having the shallow harbor meant that traffic could not come in and out and you had to wait out the tides. And so, yes, that's going to affect economic growth and it's going to affect the growth of the the city and the metropolitan area. Right. And and, and one aspect of New Haven that, you know, uh, as somebody who came here, you know, 15 years ago or so that grew on me slowly is um, uh, the port area and how uh, I think maybe close to 10,000 jobs are associated with the, with the port area. Yes. Uh, and uh, Still today. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we bemoan the, the lack of development along the waterfront, but um, uh, everybody's been always working on it. So... Um, Put put in context, if you would, uh, what's the relationship between deepening the harbor and developing that aspect of New Haven, and the and the the big the big news that's going on in New Haven in 1955, which is the redevelopment of the harbor and um, I guess Oak Street corridor, mm-hmm. and uh, all those all those neighborhoods are about to see huge changes, but it's but the the harbor seemed to be like a almost. Um, now, was that was I ninety five already developed at that time? I think so. Well, we're going to get into this as the week goes by because we're going to basically be traveling through the the later years of the fifties. That's correct. Um, so yeah, it's a little tidbit to that, but yes, it was in development, and and just something to keep in mind is the harbor. While yes, um, like today we meant you mentioned that there's uh, approximately ten thousand people working there, right? But the harbor itself post-World War II 
was really on down times because um, a major reason behind that was that the railroad itself had bought up most of the the uh, area along the harbor and most of the areas, the wharves, uh, docks, that type of, uh, where there had been a more diverse economy and it had become consolidated. And then as the railroad collapsed onto itself, of course, these areas then sort of hit hard times. So what they're looking at here already is this, this collapse is in effect, the railroads going down, they're trying to avert that and also, um, keep the city moving forward, adapting this waterfront for, for different purposes. Right. Uh, um, but it seems to me, uh, the larger context to talk about, you know, what happened in the Hill with the Oak street, um, corridor, um, the route 34, when that was built and all, and, and, and the urban renewal that preceded it, as well as, um, developments in Worcester Square, all uh, the larger context is I, I think the planners had, had, to, had, had to be clear that the harbor w- was going to be attended to so that commerce could come in on yeah. the one hand. And on the other hand, they really they had to wait till the I-95 had been built so they knew where that route was. Well, you also had what the major change in what was going to happen with New Haven and, and the federal money that was going to pour in and was beginning to pour in at this time uh, really began around 1949. And um, so this was pretty fresh in the process. I mean, these things were all just starting to be ironed out. Right. And, um, and, uh, and again, as I've mentioned before and we've talked about, uh, urban renewal – New Haven is such a, a complete uh, kind of textbook almost example of it, un, almost unlike any other place. And that's that's something I actually really stand by that makes New Haven, not necessarily as people like to say the greatest small city in, in America. That may be a stretch, but it's certainly one of the most unique. And it's because of this this urban renewal experiment, if you will, that totally changed the uh, the landscape of the city and how it operates. Right, and Mayor Dick Lee, who was actually he was elected the year before this, the, the uh, in 1954, he was elected on the uh, on the on the promise that he was going to be, money post war money was available. He was going to implement it, and he certainly did. And he did. <laughs> he certainly All right. did. All right. So so thank you, Jason. Um, now this other uh, uh, minor article you can. Um, while the harbor is being deepened, if you wanted to um, know what time it was, yeah, just as a little a little uh, splash of uh, the context of daily life there, in the news, the bank gives away time. The first national bank and trust company scores another public service with the installation of a correct time answering system. What is it? What's the other other public service that they were referring to? I don't know at the moment, but apparently, so I, apparently I, they were they were working very well at you know maybe maybe they just started giving lollipops out. So you rem- you remember this that you called up the bank to get the correct time? I never necessarily called the bank, and so this that's what they're saying here. They installed a correct time answering system. Just dial SP seven hyphen four six. Four six, which is how you would dial, uh, day or night, 
and a pleasant voice brings you up to date. But all that voice tells you is what time it is. What time it is. I do recall calling the operator for the time. And as we mentioned, you, you said, well, why not look at your watch? But this is how people would set their watch. But this is incredible. Apparently, they had 25 lines providing this message, keeping busy all day, handling 10 to 15,000 calls. To find out what time it was. That's a lot of people who don't know what time it is. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder It's no wonder that they screwed up so badly in redevelopment. <laughs> it's no wonder there needed to be some sort of renewal, apparently. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason, for uh, initiating uh, the, the first in um, uh, what will be four more episodes that will be time-traveling uh, back to the redevelopment era in um, the Elm City. Uh, join us tomorrow. Thank you, Jason. Thank you.